So as I was just praying and, and preparing my heart um, for what the Lord wants to say and do um, this morning, um, I just kept hearing the Lord say, step into the fire with me. Step into the fire with me. And, you know, the reality is is that when we think about fire, it doesn't always have this, like, glamorous connotation to it because we know the fire can be hot. We know that fire can burn. Um, we know that fire can burn things up till there's nothing left. Um, and that the whole concept of stepping into a fire with the Lord is kind of like, okay, Lord, that means that there's about to be um, some hot moments. There's about to be, you know, when I say hot, I think humble, open, and transparent. Amen. Uh, There's about to be some moments where you're going to burn some things off of me because you truly don't bring the fire to destroy. You bring it to refine. Come on. Um, And so to step into the fire with him is the invitation to step into a place where, um, as Paul states, you know, in Scripture, he says, you know, those fiery trials, those fiery moments, those trials, you know, I count them all joy, he says. Um, and so those are the places that God is inviting us into. And and I'll be honest, it's not like you jump for joy and say, I can't wait to get into that fire with you, Lord, because the fire is hot. Um, it, it can feel overwhelming. But I just believe that as we have talked about coming to the altar, we have to talk about the altar of fire because the altar of fire is a place of refining. It's a place of sacrifice. And so that's what we're going to dive into. If you know anything about the uh, tabernacle, um, the tabernacle that the Lord told Moses to build, there were different pieces of um, objects within that tabernacle, and each one was significant. And if you ever want to do a really good study, um, study the tabernacle because it's all pointing to Jesus. But in particular, the brazen altar was in the, the, the tabernacle, and it had to be set up in a certain way. Now, this was the place that the priest would come and they would bring the sacrifice because before they could get to the Holy of Holies, before they could go beyond the veil, they had to have a sacrifice. And the sacrifice represented their sin. It represented the very thing that made them um, unclean or unholy. And God says, you have to be holy as I am holy. So in order for that to happen, there has to be a burning away. There has to be a, <clears throat> a sacrifice. And so what the priest would do is he would bring the choice, um, whether it be an animal, a bull, a, you know, a lamb, a, a goat, a, whatever it was, he'd bring it onto the altar and lay it on there. And then he would place his hand on that um, particular sacrifice as a way to transfer the sin into that animal. And then when the animal was killed and the blood ran down um, on the altar, 
um, it was to atone for the sins of the people. Now we know that Jesus, come on, was and the only sacrifice that was made once and for all so that we can all be atoned of our sin, that we can have the remission of our sins and be redeemed. Amen. So Jesus, if you would, was placed on the altar or the cross. He was hung there. Um, He bled. And so that was a representation of this altar. Um, And so, again, we see this picture that was in the tabernacle letting us know that there has to be a sacrifice. There has to be something placed on the burning altar. There has to be something placed in the fire for there to be um, a, a remission of sins, for there to be an atonement. There has to be a sacrifice. Jesus, Jesus was the sacrifice for us. Amen. But what he's calling us to is to also be a sacrifice. That's why Romans 12, 1 says that, you know, I beseech you, brethren, this is a, this is a call. This is a, this is an encouragement, you know, present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable because that's your reasonable service. So when we present our bodies, we are then saying, God, I am the sacrifice now. I'm laying myself down on this altar, this altar of fire. And it made me think about as the Lord said, I want you to come into the fire. This is powerful because we know that in in the Bible, there's a moment where uh, he went into the fire with um, three men. And, you know, he was reminding me that when I invite you into the fire, you're not alone. Come on. You're not alone. It's not that you have to go through the fire alone. I am there with you. And so if we look at Daniel 3, Daniel chapter 3, um, there was a king, and what he did is he made an image of gold. And he set it up, and this image um, was meant for people to worship. He wanted them to worship this image that he had set up. Uh, the Bible says that uh, in, in Daniel 3, that there was a command sent out in the land that no matter, you know, the language, the nation, wherever you were from, that when you heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, whatever sound that, that was released, that you had to fall down and worship this gold image that the king Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the decree said that whoever does not fall down and worship would be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Now, I want to hold that for just a moment. Because, you see, when God says, I want you to step into the fire, you see, that means that it's because you're making a decision not to bow down to the to the golden images of this world. You're making a decision to turn your back on the world, turn your back on the idols, the things that try to capture our attention and make us bow down and worship. You're saying, no, I choose to turn away from that. And so there's a cost to this, right? To step into the fire, there's a cost. Listen, we all will sing songs 
about it will will you know say yes you know God I I want to be tried by fire purified yes but when the fire comes we then begin to say God where are you or why is this happening or why am I in this fiery trial what's going on but you see there has to be a burning away there has to be a refining. And so some of us are in a refining season, amen? God is refining us. You know, and, and, and what happens is, is that when we completely uh, surrender our lives to the Lord, the fire comes and we get confused and we immediately believe the lie of the enemy that God is punishing us because of our yes, that, you know, um, I said yes to the Lord and now all these things are happening. I don't get it. Well, it's because you're turning away from the Nebuchadnezzars of this world. You're saying, I will not bow down to those idols, but I actually will worship the Lord. And But with that comes the fiery furnaces of our lives. There's a cost. God's not punishing you. He's refining you. He's refining you. He's burning away the dross because we know that when gold goes into a fire, it's because it's getting it to its perfectly pure state. And so, again, understand that we must be holy, amen, as he is holy. So if there are some unholy areas in our lives, if we're going to be really transparent, there are some places in our hearts and in our minds that if the Lord, you know, was in our head or in our heart, you know, in the moment, I don't think he'd be pleased. Come on. So there has to be a fiery uh, altar for those things to be burned away. So Daniel was, um, you know, given this option just like everyone else to bow down to these, uh, idols, this golden image that was set up by King Nebuchadnezzar. And um, they heard the sound of the trumpet and, and everything for the time to bow down, but they wouldn't do it. They would not serve the gods or worship the gold image. They wouldn't do it. Now, this posed a problem for them. Because if you recall, anyone who wouldn't do it would then be uh, burned. They would be put into a fiery furnace. And when King Nebuchadnezzar learned of this, there was a rage and a fury. There was a rage and a fury. You see, when when you step into the fire with, with God, there will be people that will turn against you. They will... Um, uh, be totally upset because you're making this choice. They will tell you it doesn't take all that. They won't understand why you're making a decision to step into the fire because that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. When they said no to the king and the king's command to get in and to, to bow down, they were basically saying, I'll step into the fire. They were making a choice to step in. And so 
when they approached the king and they spoke to the king, they told the king this. They said, we have no need to answer you in this matter because the king basically asked them, like, who will deliver you out of this fire if I put you in? And, and they said, we don't have to answer you because in this case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. I want to stop there for a second because when you step into the fire, know that God will always deliver you. He won't let you be burned to a crisp, amen? He won't let you be destroyed. Come on. He will not leave you just to burn up. And there's nothing left. He will deliver you. So when we step into the fire, we have to understand that our deliverer is with us in the fire. We're not alone. But we tend to think we are when the fire comes. But he wants us to know when you step into the fire with me, I will deliver you. The other thing is deliverance is in the fire. You know what's, what's interesting is the tabernacle, amen, was built for the people to come in and worship. And if you would, our churches today are a representation of that tabernacle where people can come and gather. But the question that I have is, where are the altars? <laughs> where are the places of burning? Because if I go into the church, I should come out different because I've stepped into the fire. You see, they're high to be a burning. There has to be a sacrifice before you enter into his presence. There has to be a burning away so that when we come before him, he's a holy God. But what is happening is, is that there's no altars. So we go in the, the way we are and we come out the way we are. We can hear a nice inspirational message, but it doesn't stay when the enemy tries to come up against you, up against your family, and you're dealing with that fiery trial, and you don't know what to do, and you become depressed, oppressed, upset. But if you would go on the altar and allow the Lord to burn away those things, that when the enemy comes, you're not phased, come on. You're not afraid of the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not afraid of the fire because they knew God would deliver them. Where are the altars? Where are the altars? Hmm. What's powerful, they say to the king, they said, but if not, <laughs> But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your God, nor will we worship the gold images which you have set up. But if not, listen, I, I feel like I'm speaking to someone this morning that, that right now you're a, you need to be encouraged, but if not, okay, if God doesn't come and, and deliver you out of this fire right now, doesn't mean he's not coming. 
doesn't mean he's not a deliverer. Doesn't mean he doesn't save. Doesn't mean he doesn't heal. Doesn't mean he doesn't provide because he does. That's who he is. But I believe the Lord is looking for a but if not worship, a but if not praise, a but if not surrender, amen? Because even if you don't, Lord, even if it doesn't happen, God, I will still get into the fire. Come on. But as we, as we see the Lord come and delivers. Now, what was powerful about this moment is that when Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego was put into the fiery furnace, it says that the fire was heated up seven times more than it usually was heated. Come on. <laughs> seven times more. Now, here's the thing I want you to hear. When God says, I want you to step into the fire with me, there may be a seven times more hot moment. There may be a seven times more hot situation that you will have to face because he's preparing you. He's refining you. He's burning away some things. And, and we tend to run from those fiery trials. We, we tend to go the other way. But, but what's powerful is that this, this seven times hotter, it just drew my attention. And I want to um, look at something here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because I I want you to get something here. Okay, hold on. I have my note. That um, this number seven, it means something. Seven represents a completeness. it's, It's completeness. Seven means a complete uh, fullness, amen. And so this um, this this fire was heated up seven times more. And I believe the word of the Lord is that when you step into the fire, I will complete the work that I'm doing in you. Come on, see some of us right now we're in that fire. We, we're we're in it, and it's it's hot. But I believe the Lord is saying to you, specifically to you. This is a word for someone this morning that there's when when there's a completeness that that I'm making you whole, that that I'm that I'm I'm creating you in you, in you a clean heart and renewing a right spirit within you. Amen. I'm doing a work in you, and when my work is done, it will be a finished work. Come on. God doesn't do stuff, you know, halfway. He finished what he starts. Come on. So he who began the good work in you says is faithful to complete it. He says, I'm completing you. I'm doing a complete work, and it's in the fire. So when that seven times hotter uh, situation or that seven times hotter problem presents itself to you, just know that God is completing the work in you. Amen? What's so powerful is that in the fire, it says that they were bound, that they had their trousers on, their turbans, other garments, and they were put into the fire. They were bound in their coats, it says, their trousers, their turbans, and and their other garments, and they were cast 
into the fire. And and the Lord highlighted this to me because he says, I will send you into the fire as you are, but you won't come out the way you were. Come on. I will send you in the way you are. See, a lot of times we think in order to get to this place where the Lord is burning us or, or creating a fire in us, that we've got to get ourselves together, that we've got to fix ourselves before we can get into the fire. But if you you got to understand something, that the priests, when they went into the tabernacle, there was a reason why that altar was there, because it was so that they could come as they are, lay everything down, and enter his presence. Come on. So you got to come into the fire as you are, with all your stuff. All of it. That means that the very thing that means the most to you is going to get burned in the fire. And you're going to realize that the thing that you made the most important, when you see it get burned, you'll realize it wasn't as important as you thought it was. Because all that will be left is this pure gold at its most valuable. The things that you place the value on won't matter if you step into the fire. Come on. But he says, I want you to come in. They had their turbans. They had their garments. They had their trousers. They were thrown into the fire as they were. And this fire, it says, was so hot that it actually killed the men who put the men in the fire. It actually killed the men that was that were actually putting him into the fire. So that fire was hot. And what was powerful about this is that King Nebuchadnezzar, he he was amazed because as he was watching them burn, come on, as he was watching them in the fire, assuming that they'd be completely consumed, he noticed, he said, didn't I put three men in the fire? I said, I want to talk about the fourth man in the fire. Because you see, when God brings you to this fire, when he says step into the fire, he says, it's with me. I am there. I'm the fourth man in the fire. It's me. But I want to encourage you of something. The world, the enemy, they are watching you, and they're looking and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet that she's going to burn up, that she's going to be consumed by the fire. But just like Psalm 23 reminds us that he sets a table before us in the presence of our enemy, you see, the enemy has to watch you in the fire and the fourth man coming to rescue you. <laughs> he has to watch. As the, God himself steps into the fire with you. And he's like, uh-oh. In fact, he's like King Nebuchadnezzar. He's astonished. He's amazed. God is rescuing her. You see, the enemy doesn't want you to know that God loves you enough to step into the fire with you. Doesn't it seem like when we're going through fiery trials and the fire is seven times hotter, we immediately wonder where is God? Where is he? 
and we we sink into a place of depression or we sink into a place of loneliness because we're trying to figure out where is God that he's with you in the fire, sis. You're not alone. And the enemy knows that he'll come and rescue you in that place because he wants to bring confusion and he wants to lie to you. So I, I come against that lie right now that God is not for you. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? God is for you. So he will step into the fire with you. Amen? He won't just invite you in and leave you out here in these streets. No, he comes in the fire with you. And not only that, but listen to this. It says that when they saw these four men, he said they were loose. Walking in the midst of the fire, they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth looks like the son of man, son of God. Listen to that. Again, they were loose. They were walking in the midst of the fire. You see, you don't have to be bound. You don't have to be in chains. You don't have to be um, uh, completely, uh, uh, you know, in a stronghold because when God gets in the fire with you, he will release those chains, he will release those strongholds, and you will begin to walk in fire. You'll begin to walk in the fire. Come on, this is powerful. When he says step into the fire with me, it's so that you walk in the fire. You walk in it. It's powerful. It's powerful. And everyone was amazed by what they saw. They were amazed by what they saw in the midst of the fire. And when they came out, it says, and they saw these men, their bodies, their hair, nothing was affected. In fact, it says that they didn't even smell like fire. It says that the fire had no power on their body. This is powerful because sometimes the enemy thinks that if he turns up the heat even hotter, it's going to make you crumble. But he has no power. He has no authority. He has no power and he has no authority. But I want to let you know, this fire is not meant to consume you. It's not meant to harm you. It's meant to purify you. It's really meant so that others can see the authority that you walk in, in Jesus. In this moment, that's what we saw of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. We saw the authority that they walked in. Their authority through the fourth man in the fire. In the Old Testament, there were 
different glimpses of Jesus. And here's one of them. We get a glimpse of the Son of Man. We, we a Son of God. We, we get a glimpse of just how far he'll go for you and me. And we get a glimpse of this invitation to come into the fire. So when we come to the altar, we're stepping into the fire. We're making a decision and we're saying, God, I will. I will come on to that altar. And if the fire gets turned up seven times hotter, I know that you're completing a good work with me. I know that you're completing a good work with me. Anybody in the fire right now? Anyone feel the heat seven times hotter? Maybe you didn't realize that this was an invitation from the Lord to be refined, to be purified. What I've learned is that when the fire comes, instead of me running from it, I jump in. Because I know that God wants to purify me. There's something in me but he says, I, I need to burn that away. And the more that we say yes, and the more that we surrender, we become more and more holy as he is holy. He's a holy God. Listen, we can't approach God. In any way. That was what we learned from the tabernacle. Yes, the veil's been torn. And yes, the word says, come as you are. Whomsoever will come. This is true. But we also have to understand that not only were we saved, we're being sanctified. We're being purified. So we can't approach God and say, well, I mean, I'm going to do me, but God loves me. So it's cool. It's under the blood. But that's not how it works. Remember, he's God. And we have to approach him as a holy God, knowing that anything that's not like him has to be laid down, has to be burned away. So if you would, I believe we're in a perpetual uh, brazen altar. We should always be on the altar saying, Lord, purify me. We have not arrived. It doesn't matter how how many times you read your Bible or go to church or, or pay your tithe, there's 
still places in our lives and in our hearts that God says, I want to purify. So he says, step into the fire. You want to go to the next level with me? Step into the fire. You want to see miracles, signs, and wonders? Step into the fire. You want to be used by me in powerful ways? Step into the fire. Step into the fire. Let the world know that you won't bow down to the image of me. You won't bow down to the chaos. That you will step into the fire with him and be encouraged. You're not alone. You're not alone in the fire. He's with you. He's with you. So who needs prayer this morning? Your Denise. Mm. Gladys. Teresa. Kat. Mary. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to ask for prayer for myself, Valerie, and my family. 